Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am Alex Trost, and I'm one of your hosts, and I am alongside the now 34-year-old tree podcaster, the birthday boy, Monsieur Casey Clapp. Hello, Alex. Thank you. That was very sweet of you. Casey, it's your birthday. It is. We are recording this on the day of my birth. happened 34 years ago. My mom called me this morning. She said, I remember that day. Oh and yeah, I said I'm glad you do. Did she give you any details about the about what was going on? No, she really didn't. No, 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 she didn't. No. She just said uh, she remembers it clearly. I mm. do recall uh, historically though. She said I was a very easy baby to be born. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, I didn't cry very much, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I think I'm going into labor. Oh, there's my baby. Wow. It's kinda, it's kinda like that. Yeah, yeah. I was the opposite. Oh, I was really? a, one of those 24 hour pains in the ass. Oh my gosh, she's actually a vagina. Uh, <laughs> what? Jesus. This is news to me. Vaginal canal. It's true what they say. I am a piece of shit. <laughs> That's so good. Classic Alex Gross. Casey. <laughs> Casey, right. it's your birthday. How are you feeling today? Are you, know you feeling, feeling a year later? older? Uh, you know, hmm. I guess so. I always take it one day at a time, so I never quite know, you know? Mm. Like, um, I did this happened when I turned 30. Everyone, like, made a huge deal out of it. It's a big and, deal. And I was like, honestly, well, what's the, I'm the same person I was, like, 24 well, hours of ago. Of course. You know I mean? If you want to be technical and pedantic about well, it. I mean, I but guess. There is a there is a certain amount of, uh, of um, uh, what a, other, other hidden, some, some sort of... Uh, uh, spiritual meaning b- behind yeah, turning a big decade, true. you know. Yeah, and if you're watching like the like um the, a clock, you remember on the old uh, speedometers mm. where there were like gauges that would go. Oh yeah, like one would be moving really fast. Yeah, like, sorry, the 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 tenth would be moving very fast. Right, and then the is it tenth, tenth, hmm. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. But then the tenth, and then there's a hundredth, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. I think yeah, that that's why I feel like where when you finally reach over, and then they're all at nine, uh-huh. and then they all go over to the next thing. Then they're all at zero. Yeah, that that I will admit feels like a big deal. So if I think about it in that way, there's nothing different from when it was like two point nine 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 nine. Of course. But then when it gets to three point zero 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 zero, it does feel different. Yeah. So it, yeah, Alex, it's I'm like when it rolls today. over to sixty nine four twenty. Yeah, exactly. You know? You're like, yeah. You film it while you're cruising down the freeway, <laughs> right before you crash into a <laughs> uh, median. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't recommend that. Yeah, please don't get in any car accidents. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good move. Uh, well, Casey, uh, for your birthday, feeling good. I have prepared a little something. Oh, you have something what? small. Don't oh. don't get your don't get your hopes up. Too my hopes big. are up. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I have here my melodica. And to you, I say, hey, you know what? 
I believe you're the president of uh, Arbitrary Media LLC. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> to you, I say, happy birthday, Mr. President. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Jesus. B flat really fucked me up. It totally did, but that's okay. It happens to everyone when you're you're doing that. You're like, happy birthday! There it is. We got it. Happy birthday to you. Uh, Thanks, Alex. My my aunt sang me a non uh, a non traditional version of that. She's a jazz singer, so I get a song for oh, her. Oh yeah. yes. My mom also usually sings it every year. It just you know always makes me smile. I'm like ah, thanks, mom. Yeah. So she's saying a, a different version. It was great. Uh, like a scatty kind of jazzy version. Actually, it wasn't scatty. It was more just. Uh, it was. It was definitely jazzier, but it was just the words and the everything was different about it. Yeah, it was just, I see. Uh, it was just a different song. Okay. but it was a happy birthday song. I the see. The happy birthday song. Yes. Yeah, and then I made a joke about it being a uh, 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 copyright, and she's like, "Actually, I think it's a. I think technically, I could have done that for free." Mm. Yeah, she's jazzy. So you're like, paid. it's a joke. Yeah, well, no, no, I actually, I, I made a joke, but then she also corrected. She was like, hey, your joke's actually outdated, because I think it's been taken off. It's no longer copyright. Uh, yeah, I don't think, was it ever? Oh, I yeah. guess, yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's why whenever there was a, like, you go to a store, like a, a, a Chili's for uh-huh. your happy birthday, They're they wouldn't like, just sing happy birthday. Yeah. They would be like, happy, happy birthday, clap, or they'd right. say it in Spanish or something like that. My, my favorite, my favorite iteration on this is in the show, the, the NBC show Community. Yeah. Uh, where the, the episode starts with everybody crowded around Troy, played by uh, Donald Glover. Uh-huh. Has a birthday cake in front of him. And the episode starts with everybody singing, To you. <laughs> and then Pierce says, That was weird. Why did we only sing the last two words? <laughs> Why did we only sing the last two words? Oh, they do that. That's one of your favorite things is when they shine a light directly on. Very the, clever. It? It's a meta version of the show. The yeah, show is meta for itself. I just like subversions. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's weird. Why do we only sing the last two things? Anyhow. Uh, that's funny. We, we I think we both have birthday energy today, Casey, but yeah, we do. it's it's not a day off, unfortunately. <laughs> no, we've got to work. We got to talk about trees. That's right. Specifically one tree. Today we are talking about the infamous, I'll just say the famous it's yeah. not really infamous no it's definitely not yeah the big leaf maple that's right everybody welcome to the world of the big leaf maple wow hey it's the big leaf maple it's the oh wow it's the big leaf maple's world we're just living in it that's right we are alex that's a great way to put it that's yeah. a great way to put it we wanted to do a tree we've been doing a lot of uh what we talked about um niche trees or like we've been doing a lot of uh i don't know we've been discussing a lot of trees on the fringe yes yeah fringe trees and so here in the great pacific northwest this is the opposite of a fringe tree yeah notably if you're on the west side i will say if you're on the east side probably is still a fringe tree but you you recognize it um then i realized that it it kind of grows along a very small subsection of the coast 
and it is a pretty fringe tree in and oh. of itself. Well, if popularity wise, it's very it's very big. It is. It is big in every way, and it's one of my favorite trees. And I was like, you know what, Alex? Like, let's just do something that is like a tree that I know that we can chat about. I yeah. have like lots of fun things I want to say about it. Okay. Questions that I want to research, and yeah, let's get to the bottom of it. Very exciting, Casey. Yeah, I'm I, excited. I would say this is like the broadleaf version of a Douglas fir in terms of popularity in the Pacific Ooh, Northwest. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah. like that. I it, think that's true. Today we're talking about the big leaf maple Acer. Uh, you got this. Uh, magnifolium or something. Macrophyllum. Macrophyllum. Yes. I was pretty close. You were very close, yeah. So let's imagine that you and I are walking in about any forest in the Pacific Literally Northwest. almost anywhere. And we come across some big leaves and we, we do that thing where... Uh, you know the apple on, in in Wizard of Oz when the apple rolls rolls yeah. away and uh-huh. Dorothy goes and grabs it and she finds it's sitting next to a foot and she slowly looks up and it's the Tin Man. Oh my! We do God. one of those things. We find we find the big leaf and we slowly look up and it's a big leaf maple. Yeah, I love that. And it says, <laughs> "Let's talk, big leaf maple." Oh, that sounds so good. Can I just make one small uh, side bit? I beg that? of you. There's a there's a comedian, not a comedian. He's a comic. Uh, like for the New York New Yorker ma- oh. magazine, I follow him on the on the internet, and he's got a funny uh, funny one line. You know, it's just like this the one one box comics with like maybe a piece of a little caption. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a an oil lube place, yeah. Like uh, you know, like one of those fast ones you drive through, yeah. And there's two workers on the left, and they're just like, oh, here's the the perverts back again. And you look to the right, and it's just the Tin Man, like walking up. <laughs> <laughs> the pervert. It's so good. Oh boy, <laughs> it's so good. That is so funny. And you can see him being like, yeah, yeah, come on, just, just can I just get a little oil, man? Just put it right here. It's like, ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> like Acting like it's normal. It's so funny. I oh just my think he's God. so funny. Yeah. Anyway, man. sorry for that aside. Don't be. It was okay. great. <laughs> Good. We're talking about Acer Macrophyllum, the, I think, probably the tree that I've spelled out the most in my entire life. Okay. Spelled Which, out as in written out with words, uh, with letters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would type this whenever I would do um, our... Uh, uh, inventory when I was working up in Seattle uh-huh. it would be the tree that would constantly be the like the number one tree found hey you know it's you everywhere used, you used to have to do inventory tree inventory in Seattle now you're doing uh now you're doing merch inventory in Portland yeah exactly what <laughs> stickers and t-shirts got, got nothing I've moved over that's this a is, real downgrade yeah that's not, <laughs> that's not a lateral good. move no this is down you're right you're right it is down Speaking of which, arbitrarypod.com uh, uh, slash merch. You can always find a good good sticker there, a good shirt. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, yes, so coming up. I would always uh, I would always do this tree. Um, uh, it would be, here's, here's the thing. The big leaf maple is a tree that would uh, grow in a disturbed area. Hmm. So if you are, uh, let's say, in a city where you used to have nothing but conifers, you cut them all down and you start to build, you know, new things like new houses or you've built a house, but there's a giant slope. So no one's built a house over there for a long time. And like the engineering's not there. So you just kind of have this vacant space on these big hilly areas. That vacant space would be colonized by maples, by big leaf maples. Oh, same thing here. If you're just like walking down some park, you're in a, a natural area in Portland, you're in any kind of area that would otherwise be some kind of forest, like a conifer forest. Mm-hmm. 
it probably now has big leaf maples in it because they're like the very first tree to come back and recolonize a disturbed area. Early succession. They are an early succession species. It's 100% right. Um, now, they would do that in a forested area. They would come in and basically like kind of take over. Um, but then they also grow for a long period of time and are the not dominant, but they would stay around for a long time and mm-hmm. keep coming back in a riparian area. I love the riparian so areas. When that you do, it's like your favorite kind of areas. It's at least fun to say. Uh, if you go to uh, too high of an elevation, you're not going to find them. They're kind of mid elevation trees. They don't get too high. They grow all the way down to sea level. They grow from northern California up to the very smallest tip of Alaska. Hmm. They go inland, uh, basically to the west side of the Cascade Mountains or the Sierra Nevada. There are a couple populations, disjointed, disjunct populations mm. that are in, I think there's one in like Idaho and there's a few others that are just kind of interior. And there, as you go further south, they, they maybe become a different species or they maybe just become a different variety. But for essentially uh, what we're talking about, big leaf maple grows from central California along the coast up to Alaska, also still along the coast, a very, very southern tip. And then inwards, inland about to the west side of the Cascade Mountains. That's pretty prolific. Yeah, it's a rainforest tree. It's Whoa. the easiest way to do it. Is everything okay? Oh, my God. Alex. My mic stand just had an, an incident. Yeah, it, you, it looks like it pushed itself out of its base, and now you've redone it. Speaking of mic stands, Alex. Oh, Casey, you are on a brand new Amazon Basics yes. <laughs> mic stand. It's so good. It's so much better than the other one. When I move something and adjust wow. it, it just stays there. I cannot believe we went so... I don't know why you didn't say anything. I don't. I can't believe we didn't. We went so long with you yeah, using a know. janky, broken-ass mic stand. This Honestly, is like, I think I know why. This is on the front lines It's the only thing I podcast. knew. And at the time when we started, I was like, hey, I'll use whatever we got. Let's just yeah, do it. Yeah. And then, you know, you just you drive the same car for 30 years and you don't realize how bad it is till you get a new car. I just want to I just want to give myself one point for always suggesting upgrading little things. Yes, that's very yeah, It works yeah. fine. It works fine. Does it still work? It works fine. It works fine. Casey, I'm buying you a new one now. <laughs> then you get it. Yeah. It's $13. I'm very happy. <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for buying our stickers. You've upgraded our gear. Yes. <laughs> one at a time. This is how it works. If you buy a cone sticker, we get to buy a new, you know, mic cable, yeah, which makes we, the yeah, show better. And we get a smile more, have more fun, and everyone's like, yeah, this was a really good episode. I wonder what changed. Uh-huh. It's behind the scenes. We also get to buy groceries. Yeah, exactly. That helps, too. You, we really appreciate this. <laughs> all right, all right. Back to the tree, Alex. Yeah, please. All right. It's a maple. It is in the genus Acer. Acer. A-A-C-E-R. Yes. Like the computer. Yes, I have an eight word. I'm recording on an Acer oh, monitor here. Yeah, there you go. And I think there's something about that, but I don't know what it is. Well, Casey, let's talk about. I want to talk about the 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 main the protagonist of this tree. Yeah, which is the leaf. The leaf. It's in the name. It's in Shit. the name. It's so big, Casey. They are. They're huge. And I've I've read a lot of things, and I've said consistently that the size of a leaf includes the petiole. Yes. But this leaf apparently is so big that most people measure them differently. They say that the leaf, and they say the leaf uh, in, in the broadest sense, is about up to 12 inches 
around. That is so nuts. I've seen them bigger. I've seen them easily up to 14, 15 inches. Yeah. So this is a leaf that is the classic kind of maple leaf where it's palmately lobed. Yes. Starts uh, like the, or looks like the palm of your hand starts with a central um, point coming off of the petiole, which mm-hmm. also could be like eight or 10 inches long. Wow. You got to be huge and, and long to like separate the leaves because they're so huge and big. Ah, the petioles have to have that little extra br- yeah. br- breathing room. Exactly. And then on top of that, so if you're measuring the whole thing to the petiole or base of the petiole all the way up to the tip of the leaf, mm-hmm. then that's going to be like almost two feet in terms of a circle of a leaf. It's nuts. It's huge. So that's, of course, why it got it. That. It's the biggest maple or it's the biggest leaf of all maples uh, anywhere in the world. I don't doubt it. It's by far that. And uh, being, call, or being palmately lobed, it is a simple leaf. All of the leaf blades are all connected, mm. but they have these really deeply incised lobes, so they just look like these big floppy kind of fingers sticking out from this very, very tough, like long, thick petiole. So it's just like a big leaf, and you can see it, and you look at it, and you're like, man, that's a big leaf. Maple. You just, it's, it's, the name is there. You know, it's something like, oh, that's a big leaf. It's a maple. You, you have those, like, it, there's no way you could name it anything else, even though it also has the distinction of being the biggest of all the maples. It grows the tallest and the mm. widest of all the maple species that exist. When I was a child, uh-huh. I have distinct memories. I have distinct memories now of when I was a child. Yes, I see. Of, uh, our, we had a, we had a big leaf maple in our backyard, yeah. my childhood home. And when in fall time, when all the leaves would fall, mm-hmm. that's why they call it fall. That's why they do. Uh, I would take these big leaf maples. I would tear out the petiole. Yeah. Like in the, in the kind of the main vein. Uh-huh. And I would make little bracelets out of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so not something I would do now, but I, I, yeah, but I, kids do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was right? more of an outdoorsy child. Yeah. 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 You, well, and you found a, uh, you found a way to get back to your roots. That's true. Hey, exactly. right here. nice pun. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's talk, let's talk bark case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's got a, uh, this really interesting bark. It's very thick and you know, as it gets older, it gets thicker. Um, when it's younger, it has like the same striations almost as the service berry we talked about oh, last week. Yeah. Um, but then as it gets bigger, unlike the service berry, those striations develop into these ridges. And the ridges are also like crisscrossed. So it's almost like one comes up and curves to the other. So they have like that kind of pattern of almost elongated X's. Oh, yeah. Like DNA sort of. Yeah, kind of like that. And and as they kind of go up the tree, it covers the whole, the whole thing around the outside. Um, and all of those uh, ridges just get bigger and bigger and thicker and thicker. So mm. when you see a really big one, a really old tree, those ridges could be almost an inch deep. Like they're wow. just really, really thick in this regard. And they're just, it's a, it's a beautiful bark in terms of its texture and its, uh, it, the, the visual texture of it. Um, feeling it, eh, it's fine. It's, it's a fine tree to feel. Kind of Colors a light like gray. gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have anything special or fancy other than the the handsomeness of its pattern. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. That gets it, I think, some, some it raises it up in yeah. terms of not just being utility bark, you know? Have we talked, have we, we haven't talked like the size of these trees, the general morphology. Yeah, we haven't, um, but let me tell you. Yeah. Do you know how big they get? 
I would I would think big. Apparently, the tallest was about 158 feet tall. That's huge. It's huge. It's huge for a maple tree, aside from anything. I mean, it's big for a tree, yeah. period. But for maples, there's just none that get even remotely that tall. Like, maybe the tallest of the others, like, I'm thinking sugar maple and silver maple. Like, those are two big trees. Yeah. Those could get huge, but they don't get, like near is like substantially giantly large and they also uh, that's that's also big for a broadleaf isn't oh, it oh yeah 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 for the most part like what about be- how big do beaches get um i think beaches yeah big. maybe 120 feet tall oh, wow. like, yeah they don't quite get up to up to the biggest size so this isn't a small tree with a big leaf this is a big tree with a big it's leaf a big tree with a big leaf to back it up wow exactly now the other thing about this is that the those petioles we talked about that you would make into a bracelet as yeah. a child did you ever notice that there was a little milky white sap uh, in that sure yeah. yeah if it's a fresh leaf especially and you like pop it off yeah you yeah. can take your fingers from the about the leaf blade uh-huh. and then zip them down the petiole uh in this case if you're holding the leaf kind of upside down yeah with the leaf blade towards the ground the petiole going towards the air uh-huh. squeeze at the area where it just starts to branch off into the leaf blade squeeze above it and go whoop, and just bring your finger all the way up like a toothpaste tube yeah exactly and your toothpaste tube will actually turn uh into or it'll start to push out this this uh this milky sap this latex that, that is sap that's yeah. latex yeah 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 in the technical sense it's latex what yeah yeah um i think that it is i should I, you know what i it's latex but not the kind that we usually think about. Yeah. Like the gum tree that makes latex, uh-huh. the, where it all comes from, The at least the, the initial thing, the rubber tree. Right. That makes the latex sap that we then have turned into rubber and, you know, that kind of thing, like yeah. the gloves. Um, however, those uh, I think that same kind of compound is just sap in other trees, uh, but it usually doesn't have that white color to it. Oh. So I think the white color, I've heard literally, uh, it's so many different things, like it has this latex uh, sap that comes out of the, of the petiole. So I don't know the specific compounds and the differences between the two. That's a very good question, Alex. Yeah, well, it's something to, something to talk about another time, it's Casey. something to talk about the other time. However... We can't say another word legally until we take a break. Oh, Alex, but what about the Samara? Oh, my God. Looks like throwing that rule book out the whole window. You know, just because it's your birthday, I'll let you talk about the Samara. Yes. <laughs> nice. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, there's the clause uh, in section two, uh, uh-huh. uh, subsection A, <laughs> unless it's on the host's birthday, Let's See, in which case... Everything is forgiven. This is a dangerous game, giving you giving you all these extra. <laughs> yes, I feel moments good. Moments to talk. <laughs> well, okay. So this is this one's important though. So yeah, of the, course. The leaves, uh, the flowers come out right about the time the leaves are coming out. Yeah. The flowers are are kind of like completely. Who cares? When you see the tree uh, in early spring, you'll see these big like racemes. So the buds kind of pop open and they almost like elongate, explode out these these big like cascading like racemes. What is that? A raceme is a central axis with different uh, little bits popping off of it. So oh, and it usually hangs down. I think I had I had accidentally called it like a horse chestnut has a raceme, right? Uh, I think a horse chestnut. Chestnut does, but it grows 
upwards. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that would be I think that would be a racine. I'm trying to think if there's a difference between one that it hangs versus stands up, and I don't know if there is. I, I think I I originally uh, confused a racine for a catkin. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yes. They are very close. I think the difference being that the catkin everything is so packed in tight, right. you almost can't tell the difference. Yeah, I can I can imagine like I I can see a few flowers in my mind that have that grow on a racine. Okay, yeah, like, I'm sure um, you can. A lot of cherries do that. Cherry flowers. Yeah, would, at least well, not the ones that we eat very much those are in an umble which is a, another fun fun one where an umble it has that one central thing and then from that one central stock many come out and they have this like flat top yeah That's oh yeah like carrot uh yeah exactly As totally an yeah and then uh racine yeah i'm sure you could think of many because it's a very common thing yeah where they just kind of pop out and hang down and then you know bugs and things will come and you know enjoy it okay so and it's the buffet of the tree of it the, is of the that's flower a great description yeah, yeah it's a buffet and in this case it also is the flowers are big enough and have a little bit of pollen where bees can actually get a little bit from it good for them it's not a whole lot but the thing with them the thing with them is that they turn into a double Samara. Double Samara. Yes. And now they are also, I should note, hermaphroditic. So they have not this not a perfect flower where you have both uh, the male and female parts, for lack of a better term in this moment, the pistils and the stamens, uh-huh. inside the same flower. They have the si- different flowers on that one same cluster that's coming down. Oh, so male have, and female flowers? Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, so you have uh, male and female flowers all over one tree. So it is a monoecious tree that is hermaphroditic. It's like a conifer having male and female cones. Yeah, exactly. But imagine that all those cones, the male and the female cones, came from the same like twig or the same thing coming off. Mm-hmm. Where you have one on the left and then on the right, that's a different kind. Then you go up and they, oh, there's wow. another one on the left over here. That's a, a th- another kind. You know, is it unorganized like that? You know, I don't, I think it is. And I was reading that you can tell the difference because the male flowers um, send out their pollen just a little bit further and the female uh, oh. or send out their... Uh, they're things, uh, what am I thinking? Stamen pistol. Thank you. Uh, the stamen a little bit further. Okay. Um, but I don't know uh, for sure if it's like completely random or if there's like a f- the same number on either side. Right. I haven't seen anything that said one way or the other, actually. There's probably some deep, deep algorithm that, that, that nature uses to... That we haven't found yet. Yeah, I, and certainly it probably adjusts halfway through, you know. This mm. year puts out a whole bunch. Next year it'll put, put, put out maybe a little bit less. Interesting. Either way, great flowers, cool. Anyway, moving on, the Samara. Yeah, 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 yeah. A Samara, for anybody wondering who doesn't Please. know, is a seed. Yes. And it's how it's a seed with little wing. Yes. Well, it's a fruit with a seed in it in a technical sense. Okay, sure. Yes, but you're correct. And it has a little wing and they're like little helicopters. Yeah. Everybody knows when they're kids, they throw a Samara and it's a little helicopter Yeah, down. and they just kind of flutter down. And this is a double Samara. That is the thing with a uh, things that are maples explicitly. Yeah. Now, there are other things that have Samaras that have double Samaras and other kinds of Samaras, uh-huh. single Samaras. But maples only have double Samaras? Exactly. Okay. So a maple will be double there's a good there's a good id characteristic it's a great id characteristic you'll you'll see samaras and you're like oh those are samaras huh okay they look like they're always paired together at the base i bet you that is in fact mm. a uh, uh a maple i also just have a realization uh the maple seeds actually are the wings on the seeds uh-huh. of the maple are what push out um the 
pistils of the female uh, flowers. I said that backwards a second ago, where I said that the uh, the pollen, the stamens, are uh-huh. a little bit further out. It's actually the pistils because the seed uh, is at the base there, and the seed cover has a little wing on it, and that wing pushes it out just a little bit further, and that's how you tell the difference between the two flowers. Wow. So yes, apologies. The podcast regrets the air. How curious. Then, once the seed is fully mature, mm-hmm. those seed wings grow out and then becomes exactly what you're talking about, these little fun helicopters. Yeah. Uh, the one thing to note, the biggest ID characteristic, if you're a kid out there and you're saying, boy, howdy, I'm going to go out and find me some big leaf maples tomorrow, I'm going to throw them up, and I'm going to hold them by that bit right at the end where they're connected, and then break that in half, then throw them, then realize your hands are covered in splinters. Have you? Do you remember this, Alex? No. Maybe this is just me. They splinter? No, they, they ha- they're covered in these little tiny pubescent hairs. Oh my God. So if I go and show you one and we look at it really close, if you hold it by the wing, you're yeah. totally good. But there's just like a million little teeny tiny hairs. Oh, sure. And every if you touch them, they just stick in your finger <sighs> and you, there's like thousands. There's oh hundreds. my God. They're, it's the worst. Are they so small you can't feel them? Or no, can you, you can't. Do they, re- hurt? Do they yeah, hurt? You can't feel them go in. Okay. But then if you like set your hand down casually on your pants, yeah. they'll catch on the fabric of your pants. You'll be oh like, ow, God. what is that? And you'll look and you'll, you won't see them this way, but if you turn your finger sideways, <laughs> you'll see like these minute yeah. little like almost translucent little like thorny things just sticking out. Jeez. And then they're big enough that you can just pull them out with your fingers. They're not like crazy intense. They're just painful enough that you're just like, ah, what, what is this little splinter? I can't even see. Oh, there it is. Strategy wise, is that so that the seed sticks to something and, and, and uh, has a better chance of not blowing away and mm, I don't you know, think so. Okay. Well, I, yeah, well, I have a theory. Yeah. Well, just, just tell me. I'm just going to get my theory out there. Put it out there. This is the platform. Um, so the Samara yeah. is good for travel, right? Correct. Like that's, it, it's like pollination, but like that's, it's wind pollinated, yeah, it's right? Yeah. Dis- it's dispersal by the wind. Yes. Correct. Um, so if, if it blows, if it has this little wing that gets, Caught, gets caught on the wind. Yeah. I can't concentrate right now because there's a fucking dog barking oh, like it does yeah. 24 hours a day at this fucking place. Well, it's a nice uh, So the thing catches on the wind, it blows away, and if it hits the ground, let's say this yeah. thing is super smooth. If it hits mm-hmm. the ground, it, mm-hmm. it could be skirted away by the wind yeah, and yeah, land on some pavement where it doesn't have a chance. Yeah. But if it has a little pubescence, sticks on the ground, and yeah, it grabs it the dirt, mm. the soil, excuse me, and has a better chance of sticking and rooting, you know. Now, so I, I I hear that, but I think that the in the most places where it would want to sit, there'd be enough soil that would be the right texture and have the right kind of moisture uh-huh. that it would just land there and it wouldn't be it wouldn't have too much of an issue blowing around. Maybe it's min maxing and it's like let's just add this little bit of you never know. I see. You I know? see. But yeah. like maybe point zero zero one percent of the time it actually helps. I bet you that's fair. I but bet you that's the thing's fair. been going for millions of years. Yeah. So the question is like you know has it is there been like all this kind of soil before you know there, there wasn't pavement for millions of years. There are rocks. So Oh I just mean it ha- it's had lots of time to sort of perfect uh, yeah you know its strategy i think that's very fair yeah. my my idea to add to that mm-hmm. is that they it's more of a protection from insects and other things that makes a lot more sense Case. because then they're not going to get in and eat the seed 
otherwise they would. Let's say it's 50-50. I think that's a fair. I think they're, they're maximizing. It's one, one mechanism that maximizes both. Yeah. As it's flooding across and hits the ground, it stays put. Mm-hmm. But because it's staying put, it's got to protect itself. Yes. So then if something comes over and it's like, oh, this uh, seed is perfectly still, I'm going to, ow, okay, I'm out of here. Right? A journal paper on it now, Casey. I will. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Please credit me for <laughs> half of it. You're going to be a co-author for sure. <laughs> I didn't actually write anything. I just uh, had this theory. That's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, Casey. Okay, Alex, I think we're ready. Now our lawyers are ter- pulling their hair out. It's time for us to take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Acer Macrophylum. That's right. Right after this. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back. Today we're talking the big leaf maple, a big tree. The BLM. <laughs> the BLM. Yeah, I do that all the time. That's my note for it. Oh, boy. Well, there's our episode title. Yeah. Oh, the BLM. The algorithm's going to love that. <laughs> Acer macrophylum, yeah. Acer macrophylum. There you go. Pardon That's right. me, uh, Casey. You said you have lots of fun things to talk about. I got a lot of fun things to talk about. Well, here's where I give you. Uh, here, here's where you do that. Uh, well, perfect. It's like so not a lead up. We need so beautifully, yeah. flawlessly put in. All right. Here's the thing, Alex. Mm. Um. I think that the Big Leaf Maple is probably one of my favorite, if not, I'm going to say one of my favorite. Yeah, you couldn't quite get there. Couldn't quite get there. One of my favorite uh, broadleaf trees just outright. Sure. Um, Because they grow so huge and are just fantastically curious trees. Uh, The reason I think they're fantastically curious is that they do a lot of weird stuff. Hmm. They do a lot of weird stuff, and they're in a weird group of trees. And a lot of people are like, maples, what? maples they're, they're like so normy they like, don't strike me as weird they don't strike anyone as weird unless you kind of look into maples a little bit interesting oh this is a this is our radio lab episode yeah this is exactly <laughs> it. yeah now we ask ourselves what is a yeah. maple we decided to dig a little deeper we did yeah now we're down here and we're looking oh, to try yes. to find what yeah. it is here in the deep areas of maples. <laughs> that was so good, man. That was classic. So anyway, we uh, essentially I did some I did some some digging because I mm. like maples quite a bit. I think they're kind of a funny 
they're a funny group of plants. Okay. They're all trees, mostly. There's some like shrubby versions. Um, but if I if I ask you, for instance, um, what describe a maple leaf to me, or just a maple if you want to even go even further. Um, just in the in just as you imagine, you close your eyes, everyone at home, do this as well. Uh-huh. Close your eyes, say to yourself, what does a maple look like? And just describe the leaf of a maple. Okay, ready? I'm ready. It is like star-shaped. Okay. Uh, it has five points. Yeah, okay. All right, that's fair. And it's, uh, I, I can imagine it in like a red and white, like a Canadian, like what? Oh, yeah, you're just imagining the Canadian flag. Yeah, yeah. Is like yeah. Doing, which is very good. That is yeah. the Canadian flag. In fact, there's a species of maple that is native to all of the provinces of Canada. Uh, some are are more than one, but each one has like a specific one. Manitoba maple, however, is a really fun one. Uh, give that a quick Google right now, would you? And specifically add Manitoba maple leaf. Okay. Others in uh, not Canada would call this a box elder. Yeah, this does not look like a typical maple at all. Sure doesn't. Yeah, that looks like um, it almost actually. This is one plant that I've gotten confused with ash trees more than anything. Because one other thing we kind of skipped over: every maple tree is <coughs> oppositely arranged. The leaves come out opposite each other along the stem, mm-hmm. not alternate. Which up in the Pacific Northwest is a really good way to skinny down your trees in terms of ID. I will say this Manitoba maple. Yeah, it's it has you know leaflets. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a maple. The leaf itself does look like a maple leaf, where the lobes are so deep that they just ah. become new leaves. Okay, yeah. Now here's the here's the thing, though, Alex. Um, give another Google to another tree. Don't get rid of this one because I want to compare the two. Okay. Um, look up the paper bark maple leaf. Now, this is Acer grisium. The other one is Acer nagundo. So they're both very much maples. Um, and don't look at the bark because the bark is stunning and we have more to talk about, about that. Um, but. Yeah. So notice this one is about trifoliate. Usually there's about three individual leaflets. They look like sassafras leaves. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. The, the, the leaflets. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So what's curious about this is compare the paper bark maple to the. Uh, Manitoba maple, then compare that to the big leaf maple, and then look up one more for me, Alex. Or if you want, you can go to our ClickUp account and you can click on it. <laughs> I think it'll be faster just for me to Google yeah, it. All right, go go look up this uh, Acer, A-C-E-R, space Carpinifolium. Okay. All right. This is also, this is getting, the the plot is thickening. It sure is. And I want everyone, of course, to do this at home. If you're sitting on the bus, listening around, give it a look. And look up the leaf of that Acer Carpinifolia. Yeah, this is what, this is also a maple? That I mean, is, it's in the maple family. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we, not, not a family. Do we call it a maple? Or this is a me? genus. Oh, this is the maple genus. Yeah, this is as close to uh, every other maple as you can possibly be. Um, mm. Other than saying like, well, this one's more closely related to that one. They're all maples. They're all officially OG. Our ma- you know, earlier in the episode, I said infamous. Yeah. And I corrected myself. Maybe, maybe maples are infamous. 
Are they infamous yeah. for people trying to ID trees? Um, they it's kind of a curveball. Well, so this is the thing. The United States has, I think, 13 maple species native to it. Oh, wow. Three are native in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. That's the vine maple, the um, Rocky Mountain maple, and the big leaf maple, all of which have your pretty standard maple-looking leaf. Mm-hmm. I think the vine maple is the only one that you might consider as different because it has, instead of like five lobes, it has like up to 13 or, or something like that. Wow. They're always odd, of course, because everything comes out and you have two on either side and then you have one in the middle. Interesting. So it's always going to be three, five, something like that. Wow. It's it's generally, I, I'm going to say always the case because they are usually always palmately lobed so if it's, it's palmately lobed it will be a lot of fun facts this episode hey that's where that's all what we're about here at uh, completely arbitrary the podcast it's value for money here. yeah there you go it's free now so look back closer and this is i know uh there's we're gonna post these photos but just humor me for the second alex now notice what you're looking at right now that is the acer carpinifolium yes uh which i should add is a well that is yeah there it is um it's a tree from East Asia. Now, are those palmately lobed or are they pinnately lobed? I'll, re- I'll give you a quick definition. A palmately lobed or compound leaf is one that has that central point where all the veins radiate from outwards versus a pinnate, which has one central vein with multiple veins coming off, very similar to how a feather would be versus the palm of your hand. It's a little hard to tell, but I believe these are pinnate. These are pinnately lobed. Yeah. yeah technically, there's not even any lobes, so that's actually a bit of a bad question. Yeah. They are pinnately veined. So this is a pinnately veined uh, maple tree. It has zero lobes. It looks like a hornbeam, which is, of course, why it is. Uh, um, it's Acer carpinifolia. Carpinus is the hornbeam, so it has hornbeam-like leaves. Oh, it really does. It, it does, really I, does. I also want to say these leaves are making me hungry for uh, Lay's ruffles. Oh, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> yeah, those veins, they're oh, just my God. perfectly, aren't they? Yeah, you could just eat those up. Do you think I, you could, I really want to dip them in onion dip? I wonder if you could like make them uh, make ruffles shaped like leaves. I I think that we're oh my god, this is an untapped market. Can we do that? I, I think, think a potato chip mark person would be like, no, what? That's not. <laughs> that's it. stupid. That doesn't make me want to eat that who, chip. Who let Who let these people in the boardroom? Get them out. And you know what you say to that? Hey, Pringles did it with duck bills. <laughs> and that's when they're just like, all right, hold on. Oh a my second. God. <laughs> did you just say Pringles did it? You say it as you're turning to leave, yeah. you know, after Every, they've rejected yeah. you. And you look around and all of them like have Pringles with like a, a cross through it, being like, Pringles not allowed here. They hate him so much that like they'll do anything to compete. Yeah. Uh, that would be so good. Yeah. Well, so the point here, Alex, about the tree uh-huh. is that you have some maples that are. Pinnately veined and have simple leaves that are nothing like what you imagine a maple leaf to look like. They look like a leaf from almost any other kind of standard tree, right? Yeah. Then you also have some that are the same pinnately uh, veined, but those veins have now been broken off into individual leaflets. That's the box elder or the Manitoba maple. Right. That's a pinnately compound leaf. It's not palmately compound, which the um, 
paperbark maple is a palmately compound leaf where it has one central vein with multiple things coming out. So you, you start to notice like, wait a second, these are all different. Like, and none of these look like what I imagine in my brain maple to be. Yeah, it seems like they're playing very fast and loose with their with our genus rules here. Yeah, except what makes them 100% maples yeah, what is, is that? that they are all oppositely arranged. Even the uh, Acer carpinifolium that we're looking at that looks nothing like a maple. Those, uh, each one of those leaves are opposite each other. So As opposed to alternate. Exactly. Alternately Correct. Arranged. I almost said alternatively arranged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these are, uh, they're alternatively <laughs> arranged. So we've actually kicked them out of the household. They're so, pretty cool. Yeah. This is a traditional house. <laughs> um, oh, yes. my God. My, my parents raised me with opposite values. <laughs> no leaf of mine is going to be alternatively <laughs> no arranged. No leaf of mine. Oh, my God. I want to see that skit where just, there's just like an adult leaf. Like or adult plant yelling mm. at its younger like leaf children just growing up with alternately arranged things. Hey, squishing them. <laughs> we know a guy, Tobin Mitnick. Yes, Tobin, we need <laughs> Make you. Make it Thank happen. You. Yeah, yeah. Someone go give him a call. He would hate this idea. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He'd be like, "That's such a dumb idea." As he's writing the screenplay <laughs> for it, right those people are good. Um. So the other thing, Alex, of course, is the fruit in the flowers. All of these <clears throat> trees that we're looking at have those dangly little Samaras yeah. that always have the two double Samaras. Everything is exactly the same, except the, there's variation in those. Some Samaras are hipster Samaras, mm. and they have these. They look like mustaches that come out and up. Oh, interesting. Others are the Hulk Hogan-style Samaras, where they come over and go straight down. Ah, uh, handlebar Samaras. Exactly. Others are more like the... Uh, the penny farthing, where they kind of come up and they get really skinny. <laughs> Others look a little bit more like I think I think this is what they call the Fu Manchu, where it's like really like small but goes like straight down. Yes. you know. Others have the classic Charlie Chaplin look, where it's just that teeny tiny little mustache that yeah. just goes straight out and doesn't do anything. I know another guy with that look. Yeah, but we I, we don't I, talk I, about yeah, him. We got to change the <laughs> we got to change the relationship with that. I learned years ago, Alex, uh, that was like a really popular like fashion of yeah, a mustache. Yeah. And then once Hitler did it, it kind of tanked the popularity of it. You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> so I want to start like going back and, and putting it up to uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, like, no, no, sure. I that mean, that guy did it. Charlie Chaplin was also not a great guy. Yeah, you know what? Everybody in the silent movie themed uh, era, you know, had their own, you know, dark path. Sure. I honestly, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure he is. He was ex- uh, an abusive uh, partner. Oh, his, was he? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Let's just end that mustache entirely. Yeah, Damn we it. don't need it. Shave it don't off. Need it. <laughs> shave it off. Uh, we are here to that. shave off this mustache from the history of mustaches. We're going to go find the maple tree that has mustache just like it. And we're going to kill them all. Yeah, we're going to introduce a new emerald ash borer type bug to yes, these, yeah, to these totally. maple trees. All right, that's good. This is, this is good uh, ecological content yeah we're taking it back yeah we're taking back this mustache <laughs> well that's the thing alex they're all they're all related in that way okay so the, the this genus has no leaf uh no 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 leaf loyalty it doesn't 
but it does have Samara loyalty. It has Samara. It has double Samaras. It has double Samaras of every shape, size, variety, and musical, cultural persuasion. I think that's great. They make it their own. They do. And here's the other thing. Uh, If you are, and I'm pretty sure about this, if you are to take all of the species and put them together, look at all of their leaves, Mm -hmm. there are probably more that don't look the way we expect maples to look than there are those that look like we expect them to look. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm trying weirdly. to like go through. What did I say? To sometimes you yeah. sometimes you say something crazy, but it makes sense to me, and I'm yes. just stunned. <laughs> stunned that I said it, or stunned that you understood it? Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, I will say, Casey, the big leaf maple, yeah, albeit very big, has sort of to me the quintessential maple leaf look. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah, I guess along with like the sugar maple, right? But that um, is that is the same look. Like, yeah, it's like saying an oak oak leaf looks like an oak leaf, right? But even oak leaves look vastly different than what we think of as like the oak leaf with that central vein and those kind of lobes coming off left and right. You sure, know? it is. It's a thing that is. It's not Western by any means because these are you know from all over the place. Uh, but if you are like it just kind of is funny to think about. Like, if I define like maples, you define maples mm-hmm. with this one leaf shape, like it's a quintessential maple. And you go to someone from Southeast Asia and you say, Yeah, it looks like a maple leaf. And they'll be like, Oh, you mean like this? And you're like, Oh, no, 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 I, no, a maple leaf. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And they're like, Yeah, 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 this is a, this is, this is a maple. And you're like, No, but it doesn't have maple leaves. And like, No, it does have ma- maple leaves. This is a maple with a maple leaf. Typical arrogant American. Arrogant American. They'll be like, what are you talking about? It's. I think that is. it just makes me laugh and it makes me kind of giggle because I think this is a fascinating group of trees Yeah. because I think they probably have within their one genus more variation in their leaf than al- almost any other tree that I can think of. Wow. Or at least a family of trees. You know what I mean? What family sorry, is not it? not a family. In, uh, a genus. A pardon me. We've both made that mistake. We have. Now. We have. It, it cancels out. Yeah. So, what? Speaking of family, what family do we find Acer in? Oh my God! Is it? It's everyone is wondering the same thing. Yeah. They used to be Acer ACA, which is by far the most fun name they could choose. Wow, Acer ACA. Acer ACA. That's cool. a fun one. It is. It's way fun. It's so they used to be fun. their own their own namesake uh, yeah. family. Exactly. Exactly. But now. Unfortunately, they have been moved to the soapberry family. That is uh, the was it Sapindaceae? Uh, Sapindaceae? I think it's Sapindaceae. What are what are a couple other trees we find in that family? Oh my gosh! I'm glad you asked. The only other one that I can like think of and tell you, yeah, it's this one. Is the horse chestnut? Wow! Opposite leaves. Yeah, so that's a big clue. The fruit, though, completely different. The flowers, very closely related, like you noted. Yeah. So the, their flowers just grow up and don't necessarily hang down, but they must have at least a similar enough flower part and organization that they're like, well, this is actually in this the the family of this thing. But the fruit is like those big, like nuts kind of seeds, right? They're the they're the what I've now learned is conkers. Not not knockers. <laughs> Thanks for all my friends. Specifically I have to shout out Jackie for this. Yeah. Uh, for being she messaged me. It was like, I'm laughing out loud. Yeah. You guys are the silliest people. 
And also, knockers means boobs, yeah. which is like, well, yeah, everyone knows that. Oh, yeah. We're going to knock these knockers together. It's a really fun <laughs> game they play over in Britain. <laughs> Those dirty little birds. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, I, I just want to say, I know, I, I think Acer belongs in its own family. I, I believe it Hell should yeah. be the names, like in the way that pines have Pinaceae. Yeah. In the way that, uh, oh, God. Um, I mean, cypresses are in Cupressaceae. Yes, that's a great example. That magnolia, magnolia. Sure, I think we should talk about as a community bringing back Aceraceae. I think we should as a community because you know it, it has to be. Uh, what's the term we're looking for? A consensus. Yeah, if enough of us want it, it'll happen. Yeah, exactly. None Everyone, of this shit means anything anyway. Yeah, go believe it. Yeah, it's literally just a, a, a easy way to do biology. Yeah. I'm reading a, a fun book about um, about this, and they're literally, uh, in this book, there's a bunch of quotes, there, all these scientists who are, like, getting paid to do this and, like, going to conferences, and, like, it's big, like, whoa, different families and species. Everyone's like, to be very clear, what we're doing is a gigantic human fabrication that yeah. really has no impact on anything. But I'm pretty sure that this is a separate species from this, and here's why. And it's like, oh, my God. It's good they set those expectations. <laughs> they do, yeah. And then everyone listens, and they're like, yeah, 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 we know. No, 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 no. Tell us. Tell us what you're, tell us what you're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little like, I mean, it's a little like, uh, it, I don't know why that image reminds me of like getting together for like a Magic the Gathering convention. <laughs> okay. It's like all this is made up, but it's you take it very seriously yeah, if you're a big so, fan yeah, of it. You know, It is exactly the case. I mean, yeah. I've spent an entire career essentially being very good at something that is a useful tool, but ultimately a completely pointless exercise uh, that we humans do just because we want to make sure to organize biology so that when we study it, we know what we're talking about. Right. But I, I think it is important, but it is it is curious to me that, like, you know, the way we categorize scientific things uh -huh. is so not scientific. Yeah, yeah. It, there's there's not really a good rule as to what makes, like, where where's the line drawn between this is its own family or this is in another family or it's like everything is, these species are very closely related, so they're going to be subspecies or varieties right. or are they own species. It's really just the opinion of whoever's writing it at the time. There's, I don't. Yeah. I, I think you're 100 percent right. Well, Casey. All right, Alex. Should we get into our review of the Big Leaf Maple? I think, I think we should. I think that's okay with me. All right, we're gonna give some final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of zero to ten. Golden, sweet, sweet golden cones of honor. Mm. Casey, as our resident birthday boy. Oh wow. We will begin with you. Well, so as I kind of said before, this tree is is one of my favorites. Yeah. I think I take pictures of Big Leaf Maples more often than I take pictures of almost any other broadleaf tree because mm. they got so much going on and some of the biggest and best I've ever seen has been in the Olympic National Park which of course is a national park and you're gonna have big trees but holy smokes they were like big they're like they're like drooping candelabras wow. of, of vegetation. Incredible. One thing we didn't even hit on, but we'll certainly have to do some other time, is that big leaf maples, even as an ID characteristic, it's so common, have epiphytes growing all over them. Hmm. Mosses and ferns and liverworts and lichen. Yeah. You name it. And you can walk through the forest and you can say, what tree is that? Well, it's covered in this stuff, so it's probably a big leaf maple. And you're, you're going to have guessed one of 
three potential answers. Other one would be a, a vine maple, so you're at least still in the maple family. Maple you know, genus, whatever you want to call it. So, I just think there's such like amazing trees in that they grow and they, they take full advantage of the just the rainforest that we live in. Yeah. And they also grow in funny ways. They always sprout from the base. And so I bet you can see some that have like completely died, but then re-sprouted from the base a million times. Oh. So they just look like these big bulbous, like hollow caves with like a couple branches coming out that are like huge. And you're like, what What the hell happened here? Is this a fairy ring type tree? Yeah, it can be. Yeah. And it also <laughs> decays fairly quickly. Like it's oh. not, it's not a super decay resistant tree. So as those fairy rings happen, like let's say you, you cut a tree down on a slope for a view seattle then Ooh. you end up getting like three thousand new stems come up and you're like why are there these like perfectly like rounded stems it's exactly what you're talking about yeah so i think they're great trees i love how big their leaf is i like a, a superlative tree this tree's got it all yeah. except it's not a conifer but it also has poked me many times mm. as a child i got smart to it though and i realized if you hold it by the wing you're okay so anyway, for all you kids out there, for all you people with kids, give them that advice right now. They're going to find out the hard way and they're going to come crying to you. I'm, I'm positive of that's it. good advice. So I'm going to take a little bit off for it being a little violent to me as a child. Sure. I think that's fair. But otherwise, fantastic tree, 8.7.5. 8.7.5 golden cones of honor yep. for the big leaf maple big, from big, big leaf maple. birthday boy, Casey Clay. Yeah, that's right. You, I love you. I love you. Big leaf maple? Yeah. Oh, cool. I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. I just want to go hang out with them all the time. That's a great, that's a great score. That's a great score. It's a great score, and it's a, I think it's a well-deserved score. Now, Alex. Yeah. You've had experience with this tree as well. Yes. You've, we've talked about it. We've talked about its ilk today, uh, and we could talk about this a lot more. I know. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. We barely scratched the surface. You'll have to listen to Patreon for the rest of the uh, undersurface uh, <laughs> yeah. exposed area. We are we are but pubescent hairs in yeah. the in the skin of the topic of of maple trees. That is exactly right. See, my metaphor was going more like you scratch something and then it rusts. Mm. I'm going to say we you gotta listen to Patreon to see what's below the rust, like a blister rust. Mm. No, 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 like themed? a like a uh, like a pan. Sure. Anyway, Alex, is this is a this is your platform? What do you what do you think of this maple? I love the big leaf maple. It's a classic. It's classic. It's a it's a it's the it's the Burgerville of of trees. <laughs> What is Burgerville, Alex? Burgerville is a very overrated uh, <laughs> fast food chain here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, that's true. It's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think it deserves something in the upper register. Okay. You know, I, I like the leaves. Uh, I love any tree that has like one big key feature, especially oh. if it's named after that thing. Yeah, I see. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, all fruit trees get that instantly because they're named after the fruit. You yeah. Know? Okay. That's that's a good point. I had no idea. I never put that together before, but that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I I have childhood memories associated with the ma- a big yeah. leaf maple. Yeah. I believe my my tree house or a tree pla- it was more of a platform yeah. that my dad built it was in our big leaf maple tree oh my god um i spent i spent many a uh, uh, an hour up there yeah uh probably drawing goblins in my notebook sick or uh organizing my pokemon cards hey you know what and uh, if you just looked up you could have id'd that tree too uh i think this tree 
for me deserves at least a seven point five. Uh, le- yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good one. I maybe it, maybe an eight. I yeah. might go seven point five point seven five. Seven point five point seven five. Okay, so that's yeah. basically halfway between seven and eight in point five. There is a number for that, but there is, but well, that you just said it. Yeah, seven point. 8.75? 7.5.75. God, 7.5.75. This, this yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> this show does not suck, Alex. This is this is like complicated lowercase i level math we're doing. Oh, okay? sure. So that's that's pretty insane. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, <laughs> duh. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, hey, it's, it's a, uh, oh, fuck it. <laughs> That was our review of the Big Leaf Maple. We have we have a segment now. I'm so off my game today. Casey. No, you're totally on. I just I love when you kind of like give up halfway through something. Yeah. You're just like I, I this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's just the inner dialogue that I hear. I I do that a lot with yeah. Lily. I'll like try to form a joke in real time. Yeah. And then just it's it's, it's so not worth <laughs> the time I'm putting into yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like I I see like a, a little Alex inside your brain like mm-hmm. putting something together and then just kind of looking around and realizing like oh this fucking sucks and just throwing it in a trash can and then you just say like ah, eh, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> I, just, I think I'm building something really cool, and then it turns <laughs> yeah. out to be like a piece of garbage. Uh, yeah, but you're the one who decides that, and then no one's ever going to know. Yeah. yeah. It's in the trash. It is what it is. Casey, it's time for a, I, will, I would say game, but it's not really a game. It's more of a segment. When Tree News breaks, one voice stands above the rest. Uh, besides Tobin Mitnick, Nerdy About Nature, Black Forager, etc. Yeah, 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 above all the rest. Except for those guys. This is the Fungal Associated Press. Casey, this week we are talking about one of the biggest pieces of of nature related news. That's right to happen in my lifetime. I would say I think that's very fair. Uh, uh, and yours, I think we should predicate that actually with a positive yes news of <laughs> nature related. <laughs> There's other big ones that I think probably were. Uh, uh, worse. Yeah. For once on this show, we are talking about good news. Yay! And this good news is about. Patagonia, more specifically, Patagonia's CEO and founder, Yvonne Schwinnard, uh, gifting his multi-billion dollar company uh-huh. to a foundation that will invest it in the battle against climate change, Casey. Yes, that is exactly correct. It is stunning. Now, most people have probably heard about this. Yes, I'm it's, sure. It's been big news, and it has made like waves in the idea of essentially what is good and what can one do with their money. Yeah. So what they did, the whole family, uh, which is Mr. Chenard, his wife and two grown children, uh-huh. they have transferred their ownership valued at $3 billion to a specially designed trust and a nonprofit organization. Awesome. 
So the trust is a trust that is all like controlled by members of their family and other advisors and things. And they basically take the profits that their company would otherwise be getting and going to them. Mm -hmm. So all the profits from Patagonia go into these people's pockets. They basically said, no longer our pockets. It's going to be this trust and the profits that we normally would get, we are going to invest in other projects that help to fight climate change. And that's in perpetuity, right? Yes, that's in perpetuity. Okay. And they've designed it in a way and with people um, that essentially manage the super uber fucking wealthy of the world. Yeah. And they have now said, what we're going to do is we are going to transfer this take this massive amount of money but instead of like making it uh the the equivalent of what ties up a damsel in distress and puts her on a train track while a train mm. is running through it they're saying let's figure out how to stop that train hell yeah and that is something that nobody has ever done at this level before yeah and the other that's only two percent of their their ownership is two percent and three billion dollars is two percent something like that or their uh their their stake maybe maybe it's just more the whole company's at three billion and they own like two percent of that three billion i believe that's like it that. casey well because the other 98 uh percent is gone into a non-profit organization yeah. Which is called the Holdfast Trust or something like the that. The Holdfast Collective. Yeah, and now we could be getting these details wrong. Everyone, go read the. There, there's NPR, New York Times articles about this. We're kind of looking at them, and we've both read and listened. So, yeah. you know, I'm not a financial person, and I don't think uh, that we can technically read these things out loud. So you're gonna right. have to go do this yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, uh, what happened is both the trust and the nonprofit organization. The nonprofit is able to give unlimited funds to the government. Right. They did not get a huge tax donation for doing this. There's no there's no like, oh, look at the behind the scenes thing where they made a huge tax write off or a, a billion dollars on something else. It's not. It is out in the open. They did not do that. Yeah, they used a special type of nonprofit that was that was engineered. This company, this nonprofit, was engineered specifically for this. They put it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, called a five hundred one C four. Yeah, which is has a bad reputation, Casey, because it's usually used it does, yeah. for for dark government money. It's because like they the don't super PAC, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. They don't have to declare where their money is coming from or going. Yeah. It's, Which is insane. It's insane. So now they basically said, hey, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it on the other side. Hell yeah. And now I'm not saying other side in terms of Democrat or Republican. I'm saying that they are going to push policies and legislation and have like a lot of money behind it that is yeah. pushing forward to these things. And the engine that is pushing that all forward is the profits of the company Patagonia. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that's just insane. You know, I've been, I've been, uh, Patagonia, I mean, Patagonia stuff is really nice Yeah. and it's an investment. Yeah. Yeah. I've been want, I've been thinking about getting a Patagonia like fleece mm. for years. Mm. I think, I think this, this winter it's finally time. Yeah. You totally should. And yeah, everyone calls him what? Patagucci in my, my circles. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it totally makes sense. It's, yeah. it's expensive. And, but they are a company that like basically says, yeah, we make expensive gear, but it's not just throwaway gear. Yeah. We put time into it. And if you, something goes wrong, you can send it back and they try to reduce their waste as much as possible. It's all like, ethically sourced. Yeah. As much as can be. Cause a lot of it's like, you know, uh, it's ethic 
but also like it's synthetic fabric. So synthetic fabric has to come from synthetic sources. Oil is, you know, the big one. Oh, interesting. But uh, they also have other things that are other things. Like fleece is essentially miniature pieces of uh, a plastic derived, pla- oil derived plastic kind of thing. I didn't right? know that. Yeah, it's not a, it's like nylon, like bits of nylon and ah. stuff like that. Polyethylene, all that. Interesting. So it's, you know, it has its downside that is technically something that's never going to decompose. Yeah. But we have a billion things around us right now. Every one of our computers will never decompose, all that kind of stuff. So the big thing, why I thought it would be good to talk about this now, Alex, is that people have also like critiqued this a lot of times and been like, yeah. well, they're still just multi-billionaires and um, they are like to get there. This is still a huge capitalist system that, you know, is fundamentally awful and all these other things like yeah patagonia stuff it's ultimately potentially very expensive and will just be thrown away and will not decompose either but the reason that i am positive and for this alex is that at least if they're doing that and they have this like good quality product they're not just shipping out billions and billions of like really poorly made uh, bad quality stuff that was done off the backs of you know people who are not getting paid well mm-hmm. all that stuff and then taking all of their money and putting it into initiatives that are against climate change that are pro oil that are let's not change the status quo yeah they at least have said hey great let's take our billions of dollars and try to actually do something with it positive yeah I, I always feel like when something like this happens, let's just say this. Yeah. People will critique there. I don't know if people are critiquing what happened. Uh-huh. They're critiquing the stuff around what happened. Mm. Well, the system is fucked up. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it, it is and always has been and pro- uh-huh. potentially always will be. Potentially. The re the way they were able to do it is fucked up. This, this, uh, super PAC nonprofit thing is really yeah. fucked up. Yes, it definitely is. But not the thing they did. Yes. Okay. That's very fair. I think that's the right idea. That's sort of my feeling on and on critique with this stuff, like with the climate bill that was recently passed. Like mm. there was a lot of, there was a lot of like little, like uh, potentially harmful negative shit. Yeah, in it. it was like concessions to oil and gas and things like that. Yeah, but it was also a huge step forward. Yeah. I think almost objectively. I think so. I think if you do the if you do the math on it. You could probably say, yeah, we've moved the ball in a positive direction yeah. rather than either staying still or moving backwards. Right. And I agree. Like, I, I was talking about this with Hannah just yesterday, and the idea was um, the the entire system of, say, capitalism, if we destroyed that and we got rid of it uh, today, it would be a cataclysmic event oh, that yeah. did it. Like, even if we wanted to, it would be so destructive to culture and humanity in a literal and metaphysical way that it would be a horrific thing. Mm -hmm. But if it is changed slowly over time, I think actually I gave the example of a, of like an environment where if it changes slowly over time, then everything can like be done and handles itself very well. Yeah. But if you do something like shock to the system and just completely change it, everything is completely thrown out of whack. If a meteor hits the earth, Capitalism may die. <laughs> <laughs> and capitalism are dinosaurs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say the word. So, yeah. So I think that um, in that regard, this is, like you said, it's a huge step forward. Yeah. And it's, um, look at all the other businesses, which I think in the New York Times article I said, or I 
in the New York Times article I read, they specifically called out another billionaire who did the exact opposite thing, oh. put his money into a different nonprofit, a 501c3, I think. Yeah. The kind that you basically get tax benefits from. Like if you if you donate X amount of money, you can write that off as a tax benefit. Oh, okay. So he did that with a huge crazy amount of money and then got that gigantic tax benefit for giving all of his money to a nonprofit organization that ends up fighting climate change uh, legislation because the status quo is what they want. It's so fucking sickening. It's so sickening. So you think about all the other companies. Name literally any company that has a B in front of their alien and ask them, like, what's your climate policy? Yeah. It's probably something like, oh, we're so good. Like, we're trying to change this. We're putting this much money into initiatives and that, and it all ends with an M in front of their aliens. Mm. It takes literally hundreds of those m aliens yeah in order to make up one of the b aliens right and these guys said yeah all of it all of the b's not just a uh yeah 100 million dollars is huge to you alex it's huge to me casey but to the rest of the world it's chump change yeah so as soon as someone does this it change. It's like it's so much bigger, and it basically looks at you know the Jeff Bezoses of the world and says, yeah, oh, Elon Musk, you're trying to change the world, you and your Tesla. Oh yeah, how much money do you have? How much have you given to any of these things? Yeah, what's the proportion of that? Right. It is kind of it is kind of like startling. I mean, when I first read the news, my jaw dropped. Yeah, because yeah, mine too. it is so fucking rare for a billionaire to do anything good for anyone yeah. else. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> there are there are they are out there. Yes, and there are some that are less bad than others. Like yes, total credit given. It's all spectrum, but yeah. I would say generally billionaires are not great people. <laughs> yeah, I think if you said that and threw a rock uh, to land like in a jar of, in each jar had one billionaire in it. Yeah, the odds are whatever jar you land in with that little rock or that marble, that's going to be a bad billionaire. It's like some sick carnival game to you, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw a dart at a picture of uh, a wall covered in photos of billionaires. And yeah, whoever you hit is probably going to be bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you hit Yvonne Chouinard. <gasps> oh. <laughs> pull it out. Alex, pull it out. Go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think this is pretty good news, Case. Um, I agree. It's 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 cool to see. I mean, it's it's exciting. And there's, I mean, it's almost, you know, with all uh, so many of these things, it's like, but here's a huge dark side of the coin. Yeah, right. Where they're getting a... They're getting a trillion dollars in tax write-offs, but they're not because they use this specific type of uh, nonprofit and they Mm -hmm. they gifted it, right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. They don't get any tax breaks on that. No, in fact, they have to pay $17 million in taxes for that gift. Which is nothing It's nothing to them. And that's the point, right? Anyone who gave $17 million to some group to do something, that would be gigantic. Gigantic. Yeah. That's a huge sum of money. That's just their tax burden that they said, yeah, we'll we'll pay that. Right. We're not we're not gonna try and get out of that. And I think it's great. It's pretty cool. I will admit I will be fine if someone like sends us a bunch of messages and they're like, Oh, but what about this? Sure. I'll read them. I'll accept them. True. But Alex, I think in I think as we said, you sometimes you just gotta look someone in the eye and be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, that was Fungal Associated Press. Some some good news for a change. How about that? It's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. 
This week's question is from Jared Belton. Jared writes, hello there. Hi, Jared. I was listening to the, quote, bonus episode Tree Trek. Casey, we released one of our Patreon episodes on our Mm -hmm. main feed. Yep. A Tree Trek of you and I walking around looking at trees. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Recently, and felt moved to write in. There was talk of horse chestnut. Oh. And I actually have a question I've been meaning to ask about this tree. As a furniture maker, I use the, quote, retired wood of the tree. Casey, we've called the the heartwood retired wood before. Ah, yes, okay. Uh, to create statement piece furniture and sculptures. That sounds awesome. Yeah. On my journey through woodworking so far, I have never once come across any woodworker using horse chestnut timber. I don't think I've ever even seen it. Interesting. From my understanding, chestnut used in furniture industry is sweet chestnut. Yes. I wondered if you had any insight into why this is. Perhaps it's the rate at which horse chestnut grows. Maybe it produces less dense timber. Anyways, I'm interested to hear your expert opinions. Um, well, Jared, we, we have a we have some good news and bad news. We do. We got a, we got a couple of different things here, don't we? We have a tree expert on the team, but also uh, we are lacking a wood expert. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that's uh, that's the funny thing is that I have uh, there's a couple lines I've drawn in my expertise. Yeah, where I've decided I don't need to dive into that. You are not a wood man. I am not a wood man or wood products man. I'm familiar with it to an extent, but I don't go so deep into it. And house plants. Don't ask me to identify your house plants. They are tropical plants, and I have a line at tropical plants. Yeah, you really, you really put all of your uh, all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you were yeah. a tree guy. I'm a tree guy of the temperate locations, mostly uh, as it happens in the Pacific Northwest, or what can grow there. Sure, I'm working to you know get further out. Uh, uh, Jared also writes. Finally, the name. Of the game we play here in the UK is called Conkers. Yes, okay. okay. Perfect. <laughs> I think one of you called it Knockers, and it really uh, made me laugh. Conkers has a deep uh, history here, and some nerds even baked their Conkers to make them harder in battle. You bake yeah, a Conker. I, I read that when he, I saw this question. I was like, that is the funniest thing. To strengthen it. Kids these days. Wow. Thanks for your message, Jared. Casey, what do you think? Yeah, honestly, this is a really interesting uh, question because I can't. I couldn't find any reason uh, why this tree wouldn't be used. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that maybe it's not as common as in other species. So... Um, generally in the woodworking areas, they love to find really cool, unique woods to do cool, unique stuff with. People have been using wood for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. The thing is, some wood's better for certain applications than others. So for instance, the madrone. Everyone loves madrone, but if you let madrone dry, it tends to like crack and warp a lot. Ah, not great woodworking wood. Yeah, exactly. And so there's there's a lot of those little kind of things with certain wood. Like okay. other wood will just like dry perfectly and it doesn't do anything. Once it's dry, you can use it and it will never twist, like all these kinds of benefits. Pine. Yeah, and even some pines will like twist and do things. Oh. Some just stay perfectly you know, perfectly straight. Douglas okay. fir is one of those that is notably a very good wood. Hmm. All of its properties make it really strong. Uh, the spruce, uh, Sika spruce is another one that its weight per or strength per weight ratio is like off the charts. Wow. So we would cut them down and use them to build planes because they're really light, but like mind blowingly strong. Wow. So uh, I don't oh. know. 
Yeah, curious, right? Spruce Goose. It's a Spruce Goose. The Spruce Goose. Um, also for wood instruments, as we've talked about before with the Sika Spruce. This is the first time I'm putting this together. Interesting. Yeah, planes, there you go. Huh? Yeah. So uh, the thing with this is that it doesn't look like I can find anything that specifically says they're not available. Hmm. So I'm curious. Our, our friend uh, said over here, which means that they're in what you would call Europe or the UK, yeah. if you make the distinction. Um, and that would tell me that there should be these trees kind of all over the place. But I wonder if they are not like a forest tree where you would find one that is growing in such a forested area. They're like, sweet, we're going to cut a bunch down, and now we have a lot of this wood that we can go and mill and stuff like that. It might also be that it is a tree that generally has, uh, it rots in the middle a lot, so there might be mm. not a lot of this retired wood or heartwood because it just decays away. So you don't really get the option to use it because it, it doesn't get there, or the tree doesn't get big enough that it has enough that you can turn it into like some good wood. Interesting. A good woodworked item, I guess. Right. So, um, we, of course, love our The Wood Database. So, that is yes. the first thing that I, I decided I should check into while I'm looking here. Now, it's got a jank of hardness of 820 pounds, uh, <laughs> pound feet. There's also a specific gravity of 39,50, whatever that means. Uh, there's no available data on its shrinkage, which is really interesting. Oh, boy. Uh, I See, I think it's curious because, Alex, you would think... If it was used a lot, somebody would have done that test. Throw it in a pool? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, so what it says. Everything else is, you know, it's got poor uh, decay resistance. Uh, it has uh, a fine, even texture. It's a good workability. It looks like it's used mostly, though, according to this, for veneer, furniture, plywood, interior trim, and turned objects. So it sounds like it is a good working wood yeah yeah it seems like it yeah um but maybe so that leads me to theorize that there's some sort of judicial situation uh, happening yeah. with this wood is it maybe like i don't know it's not like protected or anything no right? specifically not actually <laughs> uh the uh the um yeah people don't like it some places this is what i'm saying i see uh in fact i think i think maybe in the city of portland it might have just recently been either placed on or proposed to be placed on the nuisance species list. Wow. It's such a gorgeous it's, tree. It's horrific, dude. It's horrific that they would do that oh. because it's it's a great street tree. It grows in the worst places and it does just fine. It's beautiful flowers. Like, it's a great tree. It's like ideal. Yeah, and now because it's uh, because it would be on this nuisance species list, you could cut it down anytime you do development. If it's grown on your private property, you can just get a permit to take oh, it down, no God. questions asked. Well, that's not bias at all. No, not at all. Jeez. So anyway, it's a great, it's a great tree. I think that it might it, it's not protected anywhere else. Um, like the it's not listed as endangered or uh, anything like that. So, as far as I know, it's just not very regularly available in North America because mm. it's not a common forest tree. You can only get it if someone cut down a horse chestnut, knew they were cutting down a good horse chestnut that had nice solid wood, and then put that into the market because they just don't grow natively here. They only grow if you're planted and planting them around. I suppose it could also just be one of those things like, 
Ah, that's the way we do it because that's the way it's been done. Yeah. You know, we just use that type of chestnut tree because that's the type of chestnut tree we use. Yeah, we used to use that sweet chestnut because it they're famously incredible trees. That's another one of those woods that everything is just awesome with. Mm. It. it grows perfectly straight up and down. It has nice grain. It doesn't warp. It has great compression strength, all that. Like, it was the wood that did everything, like built train trestles and stuff before it went extinct here in the United States. Mm. But it also says uh, on this, the pricing and availability, availability is likely to be limited in its natural range in Europe uh, because it probably is just not not used because it's also not a big forest tree and they would have to cut down a, a tree in a city where it's planted as, a, as an ornamental species. I see. So this is a really good question. I had never thought about this. Yeah, interesting. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll, you know, I, th- I think we should make over the next, maybe over the next year, make it a, make a point to, uh, brief ourselves on some wood issues. Yeah, I think that would be a good, uh, a good thing to, uh, to do as a as a little series here on the podcast. Mm, what would you do? Thank you so much, Jared, for your question. If you have a question about trees, email us, please, at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast with a few dollars and get something in return, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. Or Google completely arbitrary Patreon. How about that? Yeah, I think it's a good one. You can join the Arboretum for five bucks a month and get two bonus episodes a month or the famous <laughs> Cone of the Month Club and get a unique die cut cone sticker illustrated by an independent artist and printed locally in Portland, Oregon, sent to your actual physical mailbox every month. You get a little info card, you get the sticker, you know that it was wrapped up by Casey Clapp and shipped out by the United States Postal Service. That's right. My fingerprints are all over that. That's right. Every uh, There's so many people with your DNA out there, Casey. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for saying that, Alex. <laughs> You're welcome, Casey. Oh, by the way, what he's saying is I have a lot of kids. Yes. Spe- yeah. I was going to... Well, I was also going to say, speaking of DNA, happy birthday again. <laughs> okay, great. That was a smooth transition. <laughs> uh, Case... Alex, we've made it to the end of another episode. We have indeed. Thanks for bringing this uh, this conversation to us today. Hey, thanks for inviting me over on my birthday. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, any, <laughs> sorry, anytime. Sorry, my uh, sorry. I'll plan something more extravagant next year. I'm not an extravagant guy. This is the thing. I I, I told I realized that I hadn't really planned much for your birthday. Yeah. Uh, it kind of snuck up right. on me. I'll be honest. That's right. Fall it sneaks up on everybody. And I told Lily. I told. I feel bad. I don't really have anything like super special planned. And she said, you know. He even from listening to the podcast, you've met once, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she was like, even from listening to the podcast, she's like, I don't. Uh, he doesn't seem the type of guy to like really care. And I was like, yeah, he's not really yeah, like yeah. you don't you don't really roll out the red carpet for yourself ever. Well, it's kind of you to say, yeah. yeah. I guess I really don't. I don't see. Uh, I like it. You know, everyone sure. likes having that like special thing, or you know that the you know being on stage or something like that. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't expect that other people should do that for me. Okay. You know, I think it's nice to do it to other people because I know people like it. Uh, most of the time, some people really don't. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, she's right. I don't. Uh, it's not really something that I'm just like. Huh, no one's saying happy birthday yeah. to me. That's no, how. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I, I, uh, <laughs> you, you're like. <laughs> 
Did anyone notice? <laughs> I only got 200 messages today. What I, the hell? I take my birthday very seriously. Yeah, that is very fair. And a lot to, I mean, our culture is one that it's always, it's a big thing. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be this huge deal. Yeah. yeah and I've always been like, ah, eh, you know, it's fun. It's enjoyable. But sometimes I don't like having the spotlight all on me. I'm like, sure. I didn't deserve anything for you guys. I just, it's an, I just kept going. Casey, you're very deserving of all the attention and spotlight and love anyone has to give you. You're you're a you're a special guy. I I count myself fortunate to have you as a friend and even more fortunate to have you as a podcast co-host and and business partner. And well, thank you. That I, really means a lot. I get to hang out with you like three times a week. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Everyone else is like, Alex, what do I need to do? <laughs> Start a podcast about something you're really interested in. Invite Casey, who knows nothing about it, yes. to be a co-host. Yeah, That's yeah. what Casey did to me. <laughs> That'll Yeah, that happens. Thank you for listening to Completely Arbitrary. Oh. We will see y'all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.